Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined as usual by Solomon Ashams, who's currently in Switzerland, but back in South Africa soon. Today we look ahead to the FIFA Club World Cup. It's being held in Africa for the first time. We talk about Nigeria goalkeeper Vincent Enyama's record-breaking achievements in France And here in Zimbabwe, a story on a season full of allegations of teams using juju. Whether juju works or it doesn't work, who knows? If it works for you, it will work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's a mind game, psychologically. Plus, we go on a tour of the Maracanã Stadium in Brazil, where the final of the 2014 FIFA World Cup will take place. This is the new Maracanã, which was built on top of the previous Maracanã, the very first one that was built in 1950 for the World Cup back in the days. Right, that's all coming up here on the programme. But uh, first of all, we say congratulations to CS Sfaxian of Tunisia winning the CAF Confederation Cup, the uh, last continental trophy to have been decided this season. Just edging TP Mazembe there by three goals to two on aggregate, Solomon. This is the third time they're winning this. They are the most successful club side when it comes to the CAF Confederations Cup. Uh, led by former Holland captain uh, Rudy Kroll, who used to coach Orlando Pirates. And, but after that great a victory and great win coming back home on in Tunis. The, the one day later, uh, the coach, Coach Rudy Kroll, actually resigned. There was obviously from his side, he said, I'm resigning because there was a lot of bonuses and payments and salaries that I have not been paid yet. But I would have loved to see a continuation uh, of uh, Rudy Kroll as the coach because CS Faxton, I believe they're on the right track and really uh, maybe stepping up to the African Champions League and really doing so well there. So a huge loss for the Tunisian club side. Yeah, a bit unfortunate there to have won a continental trophy, but then to have parted ways with the coach. Now, coming up in a few days' time, the FIFA Club World Cup. It comes to Africa for the first time as Morocco hosts the tournament, which starts on Wednesday. And there'll be two African teams this time. That's Raja Casablanca of Morocco. They take on Auckland City of New Zealand in a preliminary round game on Wednesday. And then on Saturday the 14th, the African champions Al-Atli of Egypt play Guangzhou Evergrande of China in the quarterfinals. Uh, the winner of that will take on Bayern Munich of Germany. Al-Atli were third in 2006 in the FIFA Club World Cup and fourth in 2012. The best finish ever for an African team was TP Mazembe, runners-up in 2010. Uh, Solomon, what can Africa look forward to this time at the FIFA Club World Cup? Well, Steve, I think the first thing is it is important for us to celebrate as uh, African football lovers that this is the very first time that this uh, championship is being held in Africa. Uh, this is the 10th edition of this championship and it's good to see also for the first time we have two African club sides. The home support is an opportunity for Africans to support that. In Morocco, I think the fans are going to come out there to really uh, fight for it. It's an opportunity for us to close the home to see that, look, we have to measure our strength uh, with uh, other club sides and I think it's going to be a really great 10th edition of this uh, FIFA World Club Championships.
So that begins on Wednesday. Now we must uh, have a mention here for Nigeria goalkeeper Vincent Enyama, who's broken the French record for the minutes without conceding a goal. He's kept 11 clean sheets in a row for his club Lille, and he's broken the record of 948 minutes in France without conceding as Lille beat Marseille 1-0 in their last game. What a tremendous achievement for Vincent Enyama. That's quite a tremendous achievement for the Nigerian uh, goalkeeper and also the current captain of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. He's been playing a lot, uh, you know, across Europe. You remember he started with Ayimba, where he won the African Champions League twice with Ayimba before moving to Israel, where he played and then moving to Lille. Didn't go well, and he had to go and loan back to Israel for a season. But now he's back, and he's gone 11 games without conceding a goal. And he has gone 1,035 minutes without letting in a goal in the French top flight. And he has set a record in the New French League format. For him to be able to set a record totally in the history of the French League, he needs about 142 minutes of action in the league. And then he will go into history books as the goalkeeper with the record of going the longest number of minutes without conceding a goal. So congratulations there to Nigerian goalkeeper Vincent Iyema. We are yet to actually see a lot from the 31-year-old and hopefully at the World Cup in Brazil 2014, he's definitely going to bring some of this experience into play as he leads the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Well, certainly a player who's uh, still reaching his peak is Vincent Enyama. Well, up on our Facebook page last week, we were asking for your comments on how great is Yaya Toure of Ivory Coast and Manchester City. We had uh, a lot of uh, very uh, nice things said about uh, the midfielder. Maurice Sanka says he's an exceptional player for his ability to play very well in modern football, a high-caliber player. Uh, Norman says he's an annoyingly superb player, always coming up trumps when Manchester City are dragging their feet. I wish my team, Manchester United, could have bought him. Although I think it was over the top with his comment about boycotting the 2018 World Cup, uh, certainly he should speak out against racism and perhaps boycott lesser games, but not the World Cup. Uh, Lamin Jama says uh, Yaya Toure is an extraordinary and a creative player. And Prince Emma says Yaya Toure is one of the most incredible midfielders in the world who's won so many elite trophies like the Club World Cup, the Champions League, La Liga, King's Cup, English Premier League and FA Cup. So uh, I would say that Yaya Toure is the second most decorated player in Africa after Samuel Eto'o, even if he's playing for my arch rivals, Manchester City. But I really admire his way of play. Thanks for those uh, comments on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa, all one word. And uh, Yaya Toure has scooped the BBC African Footballer of the Year Award, a prestigious award which is voted for by the fans. Hey, he really is extremely popular, Solomon. Yes, he is very, very popular even by as football fans from Arsenal, they still support him. Football fans from Liverpool, from Manchester United, uh, they still support him very, very much. He's an exceptional player. Congratulations to Yaya Tori for winning the BBC uh, Footballer of the Year. Uh, I think he's a player that has transformed over the years, you know, from just being a defensive midfielder from his days with uh, AS Monaco in France. And now I'm playing for Manchester City, where we've seen him uh, showed a lot of creativity, scoring vital goals, and really holding that midfield of uh, Manchester City. You know, he is a very, very key player there in the Manchester City's uh, midfield. And sometimes if you watch Manchester City play and he is not in the team, maybe injured or missing the game because of suspension, you could actually see a void that has been created. A very proud African there, and he's also a very humble player. 
Well, many thanks to Solomon Ashams there. Now, a few weeks ago here on Planet Sport Football Africa, we looked at the topic of juju or muti in African football, something that just keeps cropping up again and again in many countries around the continent. Here in Zimbabwe, our season's just come to an end, and there have been so many stories of teams looking to gain supernatural powers to help them win games by undergoing rituals, using various substances, and so on to get an advantage over the opposition. Well, does juju work? Is the big question. Well, have a listen to this. This corridor at the National Sports Stadium was the scene of controversy when the semi-final of a cup tournament was played between Caps United and How Mine. In the Howmine dressing room opposite me, through the glass door, you could see something that looked to be some kind of a shrine. Candles on the floor were burning, and in between them, plastic bottles and containers filled with various liquids and powders. It was all very mysterious, and when Caps officials spotted this during the game, they tried to get into the dressing room, but were barred from doing so when Howmine got the assistance of the police. To add to the intrigue, Howmine, who were the underdogs, won the game in a penalty shootout as the candles burned away. Earlier in the season, it was rumoured that Howmine players wouldn't bath for three days before big games to help them to gain magical powers or juju. And indeed, a side that was tipped for relegation ended up in a comfortable mid-table position. But Howmine coach Pilani Ngube denies that his team uses juju and says anyway that it's psychological rather than spiritual. Whether juju works or it doesn't work, who knows? If it works for you, it will work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's a mind game, psychologically. If you win, fine, you will say it worked. If you lose, it didn't work. Whether it works, it doesn't work, I don't even know. But I know it's, it's happening. Today it's the season-ending cup final at Barberfield Stadium in the second city of Bulawayo. And how mine, the team accused of relying on Juju, are up against Highlanders, a much stronger team. It's about an hour to go to kick-off and the How Mine technical department have been sprinkling some liquid from a plastic bottle on the halfway line and the markings around the penalty area and on the goal line at their side of the field. Well, as for Highlanders, they've had something of a spiritual revolution in the last two years under their Zambian coach, Kelvin Kaindu, himself a devout Christian. His faith has rubbed off on much of the team, including the goalkeeper's coach, Tembo Chuma, who says they no longer rely on Juju. Our coach is the one who come up with the, the, the good idea of bringing God into football. It's not easy, but everyone now believes that God is for everyone. If you work hard, you'll get the benefit from God. But Juju, okay, is another story. We no longer believe on Juju, but now we are believing on God. Well, the final was won by Highlanders by three goals to nil, and their coach, Kelvin Kaindu, does see it as a spiritual victory. It's good that we won because Jesus was interested in this game. Uh, if you look at the way we played against them, they beat us twice in the league game. But I think I thank God for today's win. We dedicate this trophy to Jesus. That's Kelvin Kaindu, the coach of Highlanders Football Club here in Zimbabwe, with very clear views. But the debate will continue as to whether Juju works, if it's psychological, or if it makes no difference at all. 
Now, the big football story of this weekend is the draw for the group stage of the 2014 FIFA World Cup finals in Brazil. At the time of recording the show, the draw hadn't taken place. But you can give us your reaction to the draw on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word. Now, as Brazil 2014 draws closer, here's an insight into the most famous of all the stadiums being used, the Maracanã in Rio de Janeiro. Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard was there and he had a tour of the Maracanã with his guide, Samuel. All right, folks, this is the new Maracanã, which was built on top of the previous Maracanã, the very first one that was built in 1950 for the World Cup back in the days, uh, where unfortunately Brazil reached the final, but we lost against Uruguay 2-1. Uh, Uruguay scored the second goal like almost in the end of the match. Uh, was very sad. Uh, they estimate uh, there was over 200,000 people here in Maracanã that day. There's a very funny uh, kind of story about this, this match that day when um, the person who was going to do the speech after the final, he had everything prepared to do the speech and as he was on the Honor Tribune, he went downstairs taking the lifts down and then it was 1-1. It was enough you know, to make Brazil champions that day. It was 1-1. So as he goes in the lift, suddenly it, there was a lot of noise in the stadium. Everybody was celebrating. And then suddenly when he gets to the pitch, he's just got really surprised with the silence in the stadium. And then when he looks at the score, Uruguay had scored the second goal. So it was 2-1. And a lot of people cried. Some people went straight to the hospital afterwards as well. It was a massive thing. And that one of the things that I, I believe... You know, personally, that made Brazilians so much into football. You know, it's all about emotions, you know, for happiness, for sadness. Emotion, it's what it counts. So, in the Maracanã, you guys can see the seats. Those seats represent the colors of the Brazilian flag. The yellow, the white, the blue, and the green is represented in the pitch. Uh, you can see as well here the new roof, which covers 95% of the seats in the stadium. It's made out of fiberglass. In the previous stadium, uh, only half of the seats were covered, were protected from the rain. So this, this new one, it also retains the water. And like 50% uh, of the water that is used in the stadium nowadays, it comes from the, 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 the rain. So it's a, it's a very ecological uh, new building as well. Uh, you can also see solar plates all the way around. And uh, the solar panels, they you know, capture uh, energy, you know, solar energy, and transform into electrical energy. And uh, it's about 40% uh, of the energy that Maracanã uses, you know, for, for the stairs, for the lifts, for, you know, the lights and everything else comes from the solar panels that we have around the stadium. The other thing you can see as well here are the big screens. There are four huge high-resolution screens. They are about 100 meters square, each of them. That's tour guide Samuel showing us around the Maracanã Stadium in Rio, where the final of next year's World Cup will take place. So do give us your reaction to the draw for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Tell us what you think of the groups that the five African teams are in. Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. We'd love to hear from you there. From me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe. I'll be back next week and you can find the show online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.